I want to talk about the new normal. <laughs> I'm sure you're tired of that. Uh, adjustments, adjustments, adjustments. Can't stand the new normal, right? Um, well, there, there is news <laughs> that breaks through the fog and shines a light. And 2022 brings a call to live brand new. And I, I want us to think about the new normal as it relates to Jesus' message and his calling to us in what looks to be another very difficult year. And we've looked at how the herald brought a message that would upset your life. Uh, we, we can call it good news. That's totally appropriate. And in some sense, from the herald's perspective, it's amazing news, but it also makes a big adjustment. It's a serious proclamation. It's not just a sales pitch about what Jesus can do for you, uh, but, but a declaration about who God is and what he has done and what we should do about it. And then, then how does that inform who we are and, and how do we live? Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. You know, Christ the Lord is born in Bethlehem. Uh, peace on earth, right? Peace on earth to those and through those who have peace with God. So the, the royal herald provided a, a stark reality check about the new government about to be employed. There's a new king. <laughs> Brace yourselves. There's, there's going to be a change in management, a new normal. And, but if you swear your allegiance and act in good faith, you'll get along fine. Now, we've looked at this, but Caesar's gospel, the announcement of, of the cataclysmic change, um, by, by which you can say, well, actually, nothing is the same ever again. His gospel brought peace through dominance. Now, there was truly peace throughout the Roman world, but through domination. But Jesus brought peace by way of peace. This is what we've been learning. Self-giving, self-sacrifice. Jesus didn't come to start a fight with Rome or you know, if you think about it more modernly, or Germany, or Iran, but with the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom that, because of rebellion in the divine family and the human family, has a grip on all of those destined for destruction. Paul, one of the early gospel super spreaders, <laughs> a herald of Jesus, told the gathering of believers in the city of Corinth this. He said, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded... Wait, what? <laughs> what? Satan, who is the God of this world. We'd say lowercase g, God, but he's the God of this world. It says he has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the gospel. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. If you find that strange, uh, I, would, I would be with you on that, except for I believe it to be true. Satan is the God of this world. How does that actually happen? Well, we've talked about the kingdom of darkness, and he's the king of, of those who are in darkness. Let me say it this way, and we'll try to help uh, help you understand this a little bit better. If you go with the flow of this world, just with the flow of this world, you are a faithful citizen of the kingdom of darkness. 
If you go with the flow, oh, this new thing is out. Oh, this new way to spend my time. Oh, this new distraction. Oh, this new entertainment or this new mindset or this new progressive thought. Okay, we'll throw out the past and on with the new. And if you just go with the flow, undiscriminating, you're a faithful citizen. You're keeping up the pace with the kingdom of darkness. Because the, the kingdoms of darkness or the kingdom of darkness, underlies the kingdoms of this world. And Jesus, of course, has picked a fight with them, and is therefore, it does get in the business of meddling with empires as well. So don't go with the flow. We don't want to be those of the kingdom of darkness, not when we've been freed and brought into the light. It's a sharp rebuke, but, you know, Jesus' sharpest words were to his sharpest critics, the religious elite of his day, well, surely they were on God's side, right? I mean, this is in Jerusalem. and Actually, in John, who records this, one of Jesus' disciples, recorded this in John 8, uh, 34 through 44. Allow me to read this to you. Jesus is in a dis- dispute with them. He says, I-, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. And a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you were following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied, if you really were the children of Abraham, right? The, ch- the children of Abraham, meaning the, the, the father of many nations, Abraham and Sarah, when God divided the nations and sent them packing, he started over with one person, a couple, actually, Abraham and Sarah, and he says, I'm going to do a new thing through you. We're going to call this nation Israel. Um, so, So they said, well, of course, we're the children of Abraham. And he says, no, if you really were the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you're trying to kill me because I told you the truth. The truth that I heard from God and Abraham never did such a thing. No, you're imitating your real father. Okay, so then they get into this little spat. Uh, It's a very Christmas-oriented spat. Uh, They replied, uh, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Okay, so now they're not just father of Abraham, but now God himself is our true father. We're not illegitimate like you, right? Because, uh, Because Joseph was perceived to be the human father of Jesus with Mary, but in fact he wasn't. We know from the virginal conception that, that God actually just took Mary and became uh, a human inside of her. So they're calling him an illegitimate child in this sense. Uh, God himself is our true father. Now here's where it gets really sharp. If, if you hadn't thought it was sharp already. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are children of your father, the devil, Satan. And you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He 
has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Oh my goodness. So there is a family. <laughs> there is a family out there. There is a kingdom out there to which you by default belong, but there is hope. Now, like I've said, if you just go with the flow, you're going to be a faithful citizen of the kingdom of darkness. Something new has to happen, and Jesus brings that new thing. It's it's the, through allegiance to Jesus that there is a new normal, <laughs> right? A, a new, a new, new normal, not the kind of normal that everybody's talking about, right? Uh, if my father was the devil, I'd be looking to get out of that family. And Jesus makes that possible. The new normal includes these things, that we're no longer slaves, that we're no longer unfaithful, we're no longer in darkness, we're no longer in shame, we're no longer questing, looking for glory and honor, we're no longer dying. This is the truth about the new normal for us. And as we go into the year 2022, there's a way we can live brand new. And I, I want to encourage you to just settle into what is true about us. What we've seen, first of all, is that we're no longer slaves. If we do pledge our allegiance to Jesus, we're adopted into the family. True sons and God. And how do we do that? Well, through forgiveness. Forgiveness of sin. And that only comes from Jesus, and that breaks the chains of sin and sets us in a brand new family. So we don't have to go with the flow of the kingdom of darkness. We can be have, have those chains broken, be brought into newness and life, no longer slaves. Now, I do want to look at the, the new normal way to be human. And, and the way Jesus does that, and what's really true about us. And I want to use Hark the Herald Angels Sing, verse Three with you. And it goes like this. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Born to raise us from the earth, born to give us second birth. Hark the herald, Angels sing glory to the newborn king. Born to raise us from the earth also has another line, born to raise the sons of earth. But it's a very similar concept. So can we look through this? And we'll just start looking at what is true about the new normal as we reflect on scripture and what's really true about us. Um, as we look at this song. It says, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. This is something we looked at last week, at how Jesus is the gift of, of highest heaven. When the council got together to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, right, to bring true peace with God and peace on earth, it began with Jesus. Yahweh brings salvation, rescuing us from the kingdom of darkness. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Quoting from Malachi, which is the last book in, in our Old Testament, the, the prophet that kind of leaves off before the new thing starts with Jesus. Even as the sun is faithful to rise each day, says Malachi, so is God's faithfulness. The faithful sun or the sun of righteousness will rise. Malachi 4 verse 2, But for you who fear my name, 
the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. If you've never been on a farm to see a young calf get released from the stall, they bounce and flail and jump and spin, and it's a wild mess. And that's what God wants to do with us, with healing from the sun of righteousness. That, that was picked up in a prayer by a man named Zechariah, who was a priest. And we see this in Luke chapter 1, verse 76. Zechariah had believed the angels when they said, you're going to have a son who's going to be the herald of the Messiah, the forerunner. And he's going to tell everybody and prepare the way for the Messiah to come and bring about this salvation. He was He's saying that a new day is about to dawn. New mercies. And I want us to think about these new mercies in our new year as well. Zechariah prophesying over his little baby says, And you, my little son, will be called prophet of the Most High, because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide us to the path of peace. The new normal, we're no longer slaves. But catch this, we're no longer the unfaithful. No longer unfaithful, because we are going to live in the faithfulness of Jesus. He is the faithful one. That is really good news. It doesn't have anything to do with how good and amazing you are. Your grip on Jesus. Your ability to hold on to him. He is the one holding on to us. Through our allegiance to Jesus, we get life in the faithful one. That is what it means to be in Christ. That's the new normal. To those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, he brings light and life. So we're no longer slaves. We're no longer unfaithful. Um, we're also no longer in darkness. In, in John 8, uh, Jesus spoke to them. We were just talking about this. And he said to them, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. God's light in us. So we're no longer in darkness. We actually have the light of the truth and we can now bring life with us. We can be not just takers, but givers. In our old nature, the old way to be human was just to take whatever you could. Take someone's time, take someone's energy, take someone's money, take some, take some, some uh, glory to try to steal, try to, try to draw to ourselves all this, to be takers, takers, takers. You know you, you have relationships with people like this that we call them, that's a, they're a drain on resources, right? Takers, takers, takers. Consumers. Oh, that, that's the normal way of the kingdom of darkness. But in the new life, we have the opportunity to give life, even as we have been given life. We can become generative people, not taxing and wearying other people, but generative, full of life. Where is that going to come from? 
light and life is going to come from God alone through Jesus. And so let's let's be asking him. If you feel like maybe I, I'm a kind of a person that wearies other people, God, give me a way to be generative. God, give me a way to bring light and bring life. Okay, so we're no longer slaves. We're no longer unfaithful. We're no longer in darkness. We're also no longer in shame. We have these new mercies every morning. Isn't that awesome? We have new mercies every single day. As the sun rises, so can we find life. We are risen with healing in his wings. Christ is risen, and so can we be. He is risen with healing for us and through us. We're no longer in shame. We have mercies new every morning. And, and like the sunrise, so is the mercy. He wants to pour out to those who would receive it. Uh, raise your hand, viewers at home, if you need mercy. God, have mercy on us. Struggling in a pandemic, struggling with relationships, struggling with mental health, struggling with sin, struggling with the burdens of financial pressure, struggling with all these things. God, have mercy. You know what? He loves to hear that prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of David, have mercy on me. And guess what? With every sunrise, his mercies can be replenished to us. I'm going to encourage you to lean into that and, and go ahead and ask for that. So we're no longer slaves, no longer unfaithful, no longer in darkness, no longer in shame. But also we're no longer questing for glory and I must have my name be in the lights and all that. You, you wouldn't know it for, for some people, and certainly some, uh, some, even some Christians who will, would think that the popularity of their name is the most important thing. I trend toward difficulty with that. But Jesus, in this, um, as Hark the Herald Angels Sing, he says, Mild he lays his glory by. Mild he lays his glory by. Right? Jesus says, in Matthew eleven twenty nine, take my yoke upon you. Uh, hitch up the harness with me and you're going to learn from me. He says, I am gentle and lowly or humble in heart. That's who Jesus is, his self-declaration. Mild he lays his glory by. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Philippians 2, 5 through 7, Paul is writing to a church in, in Philippi and says, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. But look at his attitude. Even, even though he existed in the form of God, he did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men. No longer questing, we find our honor in Jesus. He wants to honor us. He laid down his honor, his glory, his status, his ranking, not so we could pick it up and make a run with it. Like, oh, well, okay, he laid the glory down. I think I'll just scoop that and go. No, we have to let this settle in. He laid his glory down so we could learn from him to do the same. 
per, perhaps you know the, the the deep theologian Denzel Washington. He's an actor, but he said in a recent interview in the New York Times, he said, the Bible says in the last days, and I don't know if it is the last days, he says, it's not my place to know, but it says we'll be lovers of ourselves. And the number one photograph today is a selfie. Oh, me at the protest, me with the fire, follow me, listen to me. He says, we're living in a time where people are willing to do anything to get followed. What is the long-term or short-term effect of too much information? It's going fast and it can be manipulated, obviously, in a myriad of ways. And people are led like sheep to the slaughter. It's easy to see in other people this desire for honor and glory. But maybe when you haven't been thanked enough, maybe when you haven't received the kudos maybe when people forgot to give you a call do you find your honor in jesus or do you require that of men because if we seek the glory of men we won't be seeking the glory that comes from jesus these are hard lessons to learn but it's the way jesus lived so we're no longer slaves no longer unfaithful or in darkness or in shame or questing for glory we're also no longer dying. Dying. That process that, that is decay and, and fear. That line in, in the song says, Born that man no more may die. In, in Hebrews, the, the, the pastor there is, is preaching to a crew and he says in 2, 14 through 15, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, so that through death he might render powerless the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. So he entered into death to destroy, render powerless the one who had the power of death. Remember Satan, the devil, in the kingdom of darkness. And it says, and that he might free those who through the fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. And now for those who are in Christ, there's no fear in death because nothing can separate us from the love of God. He gives us the honor. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not now and not ever because we have eternal life. We're no longer dying. We have eternal life. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second in Romans chapter 6, Paul is talking to the church in, in Rome, and he's trying to work them out, uh, work out their, their issues between one another, because you have Jewish background believers and Gentile background believers. He's trying to line out the, the truth that we have in Christ, in this new life, this new normal. And in chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, he says, you know, should we go on sinning that God can keep showing us more of his wonderful grace? <laughs> well, if God's going to forgive me, well, I just got to keep on, keep on uh, sinning because if he loves to forgive and I love to sin, what a great match we make. And he says, no, by no means, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we live in it? Or have you forgotten <laughs> that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? 
So it's not that we are no longer dying and, and didn't and and have eternal life. It's not just that. We are now died to self, crucified with Christ, and raised to a new life. So that death has already had its effect on us. We died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so now we also may live new lives. And that's what this next year needs to be about. Just a new life founded in the truth. The truth that, we, that we've been saying, no longer slaves, no longer unfaithful, no longer in the darkness, no longer in shame, no longer questing, no longer dying. Living brand new life. Because we've already died and we've been raised to a new life. Now Jesus said this to a different audience, but I, I believe he's saying this to you today as well. John eleven twenty five through 26. He says, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And I wonder if you do. I don't want you to hear me saying that following Jesus is about trying harder, even, even though there is a battle to be sure. It's about clinging to the one who was faithful, who is faithful, and who will be faithful, and allowing him to bring about your own resurrection, because he is the resurrection and the life. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King, right there in the manger, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And it's time. We just got some days left before the new year rings in. It's time to get a grip on the new normal from Jesus' perspective, the new humanity, the new normal Christian life, the one where we're submitted to him and we see his life flow through us, the resurrection life. It's a brand new year, but it's the same old world, right? So 2022 brings a call to live brand new. So I want you to think about who you are and what is true about you. In Jesus, we're no longer slaves. We're no longer unfaithful because Jesus is the one who is faithful. We're no longer in darkness because he has brought new light and life. We're no longer in shame because his mercies are new every morning. We're no longer questing because we seek the glory that comes from God. And we're no longer dying because we have eternal life. Let's live into that in this new year.